If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. And the rest of the gang that's normally here is strangely absent because it's summertime and it's the perfect time to go out and travel and not do podcasts. Um, but speaking of traveling, Rofty, I think it's about time we tackled the security implications and suggestions for when you're traveling. How's that grab you? That sounds great. <laughs> and, and I think we should do both. Uh, technology and information security and physical security while you're mm -hmm. traveling too. Um, just, just curious. You're saying we can't do a podcast on the beach. You can, but you tend to get sand in the keyboard. Okay. Okay. You know, and it's, it's just, yeah, yeah. And windy in the microphone maybe as well. Exactly. Okay. I get it. I exactly. get it. Okay. You know, and the mic stand cast a strange shadow and then your tan gets all messed up. It's just, you know, it's not a good way to approach it. I see. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, no, no, uh, beaches, beaches can be, but it's not, it's not advised. I see. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, if this was like a Spotify ad or something, that's where we'd be doing our podcast. We'd be recording on the beach and, and everything would be pristine and perfect. And, uh, you couldn't smell dead fish or anything, but, uh, no, this is. This is reality, and we have to be inside, and yeah. Um, all right, do, do you want to start with uh, one of your tips or uh, bits of advice for travel security, and then I'll we'll just take turns? Go for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think one of the ones I recently talked with somebody about was um, uh, Apple Pay. Um, and how to use, like how you pay, use your credit card, use your bank card. And I know Europe and, and the US is a little bit different in that regard. But um, I had a conversation. My wife is somebody who does not like uh, Apple Pay, who does not like paying with biometrics. Uh, but what I told her is if she pulls out her credit card and puts in the four digits to verify that's her, somebody can look over her shoulder and, and potentially steal the credit card afterwards. And with those four digits, they have unlimited, act, like unlimited not, but like all the access to that credit card. And of course you can call in and you can sort of like try to, to claw your money back. But in the end, like, you know, if you have uh, biometric verification with stuff like Apple Pay, and I know <laughs> me as a privacy guy advocating for stuff like that, but for security, it's great. Um, so, I'm sorry, to steal, just because I'm not familiar, I don't have Apple products. Um, okay. In Apple Pay, you have to present a biometric feature in order to conduct a transaction when it's a card not present transaction. Is that what you're saying? What do you mean with card not present? Like Apple Pay, it's, it's NFC. You're like tapping your phone. Okay. You have to first verify, like double tap on the new iPhones with Face ID, double tap on the side. It scans your face, and then um, you only have this short critical moment where 
wherever you hold your phone onto, uh, the transaction will go through. You don't okay. have to accept it afterwards again. This was a little bit, of course, bad, like during COVID, when you had to wear masks in stores, at least in Austria, we were required to wear masks. Um, and of course, some people then took off their masks to sort of like quickly do the face ID and then pay with the with the card. But you never have to enter any passcode, never have to enter any digits. And I paid like I paid for MacBooks with this. You know, that's a that's a two thousand plus euro transaction with just your face. But in the end, like this this transaction would have required only four digits as well. You know, so. <laughs> Okay. All right. And and it's you're, easier you're... to steal my face. It's it's harder to steal my face than four digits. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I could take a photograph of your face. You know, I'm okay. looking at your face right now. <laughs> I, you know, that doesn't seem too complicated. Um, and and the guy at the, at the cashier would not ask any questions if you're sort of like, wait, I I need to grab a mask before I sort of like do the Apple thing, and I have to verify. You you don't think that would raise any questions? I have no idea. And and honestly, I, you know, it, I I think having the cashiers be law enforcement is a bit of a stretch, but okay. Now your <laughs> wife, you say, is hesitant about doing this. What's yeah. her, what's her reluctance? Yeah, for her, she's like, for her, of course, one of the things is she doesn't trust Apple to keep those, this, this biometric data secure, of course. I see. Because you have to create the template first, the initial yeah. storage of the facial Features, I see. Okay, and and I have to ask, and and this is always a concern with biometrics. Are there, uh, is there an issue with routine variances in facial features? Like I get a black eye, or I, you know, or my eyes are bloodshot, or I have a swollen lip. Do any of these things affect the uh, verification of the biometric input versus the template? Mm -hmm. Good question. I have not looked into it too much. I know that uh, for the mask wearing, they pushed a feature where they increased the detail around the eyes. So they could do a verification with only the upper half of your of your like face. And um, Apple is doing it with infrared. Like, do they do um, have a, a dot grid infrared light that they shine on your face as well. So it's um it's a multi like it's infrared and I think maybe they use the color um uh camera as well. But they of course they use not just they don't do just a photo. They try to okay. get depth okay. information as well with the way they spread the grid across your face and stuff. Looks very trippy. Um but uh I know for a fact like it doesn't care if I take my glasses off. Um, okay. So there is some variation. Um, it's forgiving. It's not too. It, yeah. it's, it's not too sensitive. Yeah, but of course, like you know, I use biometrics because my password for my phone is like twenty plus digits long, um, and so I don't want to put that in every time, you know. And this, of course, is the backup to it. Um, but like this is sort of like, and I think it's it's a cool thing. And I think if you're traveling and if you have to sort of like don't want to get the money like in cash from the place you're going to, I think you pay a lot with card. And so this is sort of my travel advice. Don't get your card stolen um, and your four-digit number. Use Apple Pay or something like that. And don't pull out your card as, like as as little as possible. Don't put in the, the like the uh, your PIN anywhere basically okay. that's i like that, that would be I my like basic that. advice um and i'm going to piggyback on that one and and there's a couple of elements going on here one is uh you're bringing up the potential for fraud and theft particularly while on travel and i think that's a really good point to make is that 
a lot of tourist destinations are seen as target-rich environments by criminals. Yeah. Uh, for instance, if you come to New Orleans, when you come to New Orleans uh, to visit us, um, anytime you go to an ATM, anytime you go to a hotel, anytime you make a, a transaction with your Apple Pay, Apple's going to notify you and say, hey, are you sure you want it? Was this you? Did you make this purchase? Because this city is rife with um, all sorts of theft and fraud. And uh, I, I even, I've lived here in Louisiana for a number of years now. And if I go to an ATM in the wrong part of town, uh, my, my, my card, my bank will notify me and say, is this you for sure? Is this, you wanted this money? Like, Thank you. Yes, I do. That's my money. And, and I live here. I'm a local. Um, so yes, there is a heightened, heightened sense of risk when you're traveling, uh, especially if you're going somewhere where it's it's very common for travelers to be preyed upon. Uh, with that in mind, also, uh, I'd, I'd go a step further. I, I like your idea of using the card for most payments as opposed to cash. Um, the card is infinitely uh retractive you can always go to your card and say i didn't make that payment yank it back and at least in the us i'm not exactly sure about european law but i would imagine it's it's as severe um if there is a fraudulent transaction the customer is never on the hook for that that is instead handed off to the merchant the merchant is the one who becomes responsible for absorbing the fraudulent transaction and by and large uh this was different 20, 25 years ago, but today uh, I have had zero problem with my bank uh, restituting funds to me if I ever challenge a transaction. It's done within minutes. They, they put the money back in my account. Now, they will do a follow-up investigation, and if they determine it was me who did that, I was drunk, I didn't remember, but but the merchant can actually produce some substantiation that I did make that trend, then they'll go ahead and they'll pull the funds out of my account again. But for the most part, the card is going to err on the side of the card holder because that's in the card's interest. That's what the, in the bank's interest. They don't want to nickel and dime us for a bunch of little piddly stuff. They're talking about a trillion dollar enterprise that they're running. If they have to give me 150 bucks back, they're glad to do it and keep me as a customer. So yeah, the, the card is very useful in that regard. Yeah, and of course for me, uh, like a saving, I we had this as well, where people were making fraudulent claims and stuff and yeah, no. But what you're saying is the merchant actually has to be the police. They have to sort of like figure out, is this you who's trying to, is this actually you who who's doing the transaction? Are you it's the in, card holder? It's in the merchant's best interest to ensure that the transaction is legitimate because yeah. according to uh, the payment card industry data security standard, PCI DSS, um, which is very much the standard here, I think there's some penetration in Europe too. Um, the merchants are responsible to meet that standard if they fail to meet that standard the payment card industry pci council can pull their ability to process payment cards um, and they can assign fees and fines and this is all contractual as opposed to uh legal there it's not a legislative act it's a uh, it's a contractual mandate not a legal mandate which is pretty neat uh it's the market policing itself uh so merchants do have some uh incentive to make sure those are legit there are certain merchants in our local area 
where if you make a purchase above a certain threshold, they'll require your thumbprint on the receipt. What? Yep. Oh, I will not go there. Of course you won't. That's that's not merchants that you're going to frequent, but they will do this and they'll do it in front of a camera and they'll get your signature. So they'll have multiple biometrics verifying that you made the purchase because it's in their interest to do so. They don't want you reneging on that purchase later because if you do, and it's a sizable amount, again, this is an amount over a certain threshold. If you renege on it later, not only is the merchant going to have to absorb that cost, they're going to have to absorb the transactional cost both ways um, for both taking your money and then putting it back. Uh, So, yeah, it it makes sense. And that's them protecting themselves. Yeah. Um, Okay. Do you have have any other uh, tips? Sure. Sure. No. And uh, staying with biometrics. I I know uh, it's just something my wife and I talked about, but it's like it's it's very on topic. Um, she does, as I said, she doesn't does not like and doesn't trust biometrics. Um, but I think that the reverse, like having a short password, is usually a bad idea as well. And so, okay. if you travel, I'd say like try to make your passwords uh, like, of course, remember them. Um, maybe write them down somewhere and put them not in your wallet, but put them in your backpack or something. You you say this is bad security. I'd, I'd say if you it, before you forget it or before you make it short, um, like I don't know. The, I think written down stuff is, or maybe save it in the in the notes file of your of your spouse or something. You know. Um, so there are a couple of ideas here. I, of course, remember my password, uh, but as I said, mine is twenty digits plus long. Um, and, uh, they're the same thing. Don't put in your password, you know, okay. um, in front of people. I, I'm and- very, I'm very reluctant to suggest to people to write down their passwords. On the other really? hand, if you are traveling with a partner, then it would behoove you to store your partner's password on your device and your password on your partner's device. That way you're at least having uh, one step of isolation between the device and the passwords. Um, and you have some good trust built in there with, with, if you're still expecting that your partner's going to like you by the end of the vacation, because sometimes that's not always the case. Mm. Maybe if you, if you're the person who's doing a four digits, uh, pin code on your phone anyway, maybe then put the, put a random thing in front of the four digits and then still remember the last four digits of the password or the first four or whatever. Yeah, like you can okay. put them wherever. Uh, what is I, it you're I, securing with the password? What, what phone, are you talking about? Like the whole phone. My whole phone. And what I'm saying is, and then the follow-up advice to that would be, like, activate the feature where you can lock down your phone, that it can't be open with biometrics. Um, especially for people who are traveling from Europe to the U.S., typically I, I have to do a full hand uh, print scan and stuff like that when entering the U.S. Um, and sometimes it has to be known that that sometimes uh, border, um, like at the border, they want to look into your phone. And as far as I can tell, like they're not allowed to force you to hand out your password. So if you have something like this lockdown um, for your iPhone, you can just uh, press the power button a couple of times. I think it's 10 times um, and it will go into the lockdown mode and it will require a password afterwards. Good, good. I like that. See, now I would say my recommendation would be to acquire a burner phone 
that you travel with that you don't because we're so tied to our phones and because they're so ubiquitous in our lives i would not take my normal phone internationally that just seems like a yeah that seems like a bad idea um get a one-time use phone and then ditch it afterwards uh photos what do you do with your photos well you have a one-time use phone send them to yourself send them to your phone no 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 you take you would buy a, a whole phone with a camera to do photos then as well like or you are you bringing a photo camera like a digital camera or something uh, i i'm sorry I, I maybe i'm not understanding every phone i know of comes with a camera i know but that's they if if it's a one-time phone it will be pretty crappy and if you're on vacation oh my goodness yeah i'm not really that <laughs> you're not taking photos <laughs> I, I take photos but i you know dude i was raised with 35 millimeter film and polaroid so in terms of this hd super high-tech megapixel shit, i don't care about that in terms of my photos <laughs> My photos are never going to be that quality where it matters. I'm happy if my thumb's not in the photo. So, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. Now, I, I'd go with another recommendation in terms of cash versus credit, too. I do okay. travel with some cash because there are a lot of minor transactions where that is that makes a lot more sense. Um, I usually don't tip with venmo i usually tip in cash i mean there are there are certain you know gratuities and 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 other kinds of payments you want to keep money for and uh, money's nice it doesn't have a record uh that's a very useful thing too in terms of personal security uh, when i do this uh and knowing that travelers have cash uh i will often carry two wallets especially in metropolitan areas i'll have uh, a ditch wallet that has the money in it and I'll salt that with um, hotel key cards that I've kept after checking out of hotels, other people's business cards, those fake credit cards you get in the mail when they when the credit card company offers you a credit card. I'll keep their cardboard. They're not even, re, you know, they're not real credit cards. But I'll put those in my ditch wallet along with the money. And then if anyone's uh, going to approach me to take my wallet, uh, especially by force, if it's a robbery or mugging, I'm very happy to give them the the ditch wallet. And my other wallet, my actual wallet, will be stripped down. I don't take everything with me when I travel in my actual wallet. I don't need my library card when I'm traveling. I don't need, you know, I'll take one credit card, one debit card, my ID, and, you know, maybe a couple of other small elements. Everything else I'll strip out and I'll, I'll burn it down just to the uh, specific elements that I need while traveling. Um, when I'm traveling internationally, especially long term, I'll also photocopy all of those credit cards and IDs front and back, as well as my passport. And I'll put copies, hard copy paper uh, of that one in my suitcase, one in my backpack, where I usually have my laptop. And then uh, I'll have one in my actual wallet as opposed to my ditch wallet as well. That way, if I ever need to recover anything or if I need to contact my credit card issuer or if I need to provide some substantiation of my ID and I've lost my ID or my passport, I have that um, as a good backup. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'll also take pictures of that and I'll store it in the phone and I'll store it in the cloud. I'll email it to myself so I can always access email from wherever I'm at. I can go to the hotel business center, pull up my email, print out a copy of my passport, and I'm good to go that way. 
Mm, cool, cool advice. Um, like the hard copy, I don't do. Uh, but for everybody, like I, what I recommend is if your password manager supports it, uh, I have a copy of my driving license and passport and stuff like that in my password manager. So that if I'm out and about and typically like around here, if law enforcement uh, pulls you over while you're driving and you forgot your driving license, typically they accept a photo of it as well because they are going to check it in the database anyway. And like if you have the number there and stuff. And also for the credit card, I typically save in the password manager to the credit card information, uh, the the phone numbers and stuff like that in there as well, especially if I, if I travel internationally. Typically, Great idea. Yes, in the phone book as well, so that you don't have to hunt around for it. And of course, like, yeah, a piece of paper with all the important phone numbers as well. Very good. But I don't That's do very, very hard good. copies. I don't own a printer, you know. I cannot do hard copies of, <laughs> of, the, of those things, you know. Or have to go to a print shop to do that. Well, this is, see, this is good. This is why we have intergenerational representation on our uh, podcast um, so that we have, you know, different technologies at work. That's that's very good. I like that. See, yeah. So you're thinking about the pictures you bring with you, like the hard copies of everything. And I think about the pictures I want to take with me back, you know, <laughs> back with me. <laughs> very good. Um, yeah. Let's talk about uh, before the trip that now. I, again, I'm very old school and I'm paranoid and skeptical. Um, it, the military used to call this practice OPSEC, operational security, where you try not to reveal anything, even though it's not anything sensitive or valuable, but you just don't, you don't give an adversary extra information that they don't, you don't want them to have. So before I go on vacation, I will not announce that I'm going on vacation on social media. I won't say things like, oh, I can't wait to get to the beach next week. I don't need anyone to know when I'm not going to be at my house. I don't need anyone to know where I'm going to be at any specific time. Now, it's different for business because sometimes I have to travel for work, and I do have to announce when I'm teaching a class if I want people to sign up for it. Um, but usually what I'll do is with any of the crappy photos I do take while I'm on vacation, I will post those after I return. I won't post photos from the beach while I'm there. I won't post photos at the amusement park while I'm, I'll wait till I get home, then I will post them. And I'm, you know, I'll, whatever particular thrill I'll get for having shared it in the moment, I don't need to tell people where I am at any given moment. Is that a privacy thing too, Rafti? Am I doing safing right? <laughs> I, I would totally agree. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a very cool, very, very good advice in that regard, yeah. Um, are you having somebody over to house it typically? It depends. Um, sometimes we will because we, we also have the pets. So what oh, we'll yeah. do, what we'll do sometimes is we'll have someone come and stay in the house with the animals and, and that's great. Um, uh, other times we'll board the animals or have the animals stay with friends, in which case the house will be empty. Now, realistically, I'm not too worried about my possessions being stolen or my house being robbed while I'm not there. I have insurance and there's really nothing in terms of possessions that I have that I could not live without and that I am all that concerned about replacing. It would be inconvenient, be a pain in the ass, but it would not be uh, a violent act against me, you know? Mm -hmm. So my acceptance of that risk is, is much lower than acceptance of risk to myself. Now, with that said, there are certain items in my house that I have cataloged for replacement purposes. And this is a very good piece of advice 
um, not only for travel uh, security, but I think Robin and I talked about this um, during our emergency evacuation episode when we talked about the potential for hurricane and flooding. I've gone through my book collection with a digital camera, crappy or not, and I've recorded at least all the spines of all my books on my bookshelves. So if they did get damaged in a flood, I could at least substantiate the claim of replacing each book. Um, Serial numbers on things like computers, um, firearms especially. Firearms are a high theft item. And if someone were to steal one of my guns and go hurt somebody else, uh, I definitely want to be able to attribute that I had this gun at this time, it was lost at this time, and I will file the police report showing that I've lost this item with this serial number at this time. Uh, and I think that's that's very important and that's responsible as well. Um, you know, of course, the things like the the motor vehicles, the cars, all of those, we all of that data is stored in 18 different places, including with our insurer. So uh, we're not so concerned about those either. Um, other suggestions, Rafti, what, what do you what do you get? Yeah. No, I just wanted to mention because you're we were talking about the house and of course the house is locked. And I wanted to sort of quickly say if you're if you're flying, you sometimes have those TSA luggage locks uh on your on your stuff um please know that those are not like those are there to keep the bag closed but not to keep it locked a tsa lock is like there are keys for that for that lock you don't have that key you think your four digit number is maybe super secure nobody would guess it but uh, like those are open they have to be like they they're required that's the purpose that's That's the purpose purpose. so that tsa can open it yeah Exactly. Yeah. So please don't consider those things locks uh, and don't consider anything you put in there as being actually like um, secure. secure. Yeah, I'm with I mean, you. I'm with you. Don't put don't put anything into your check luggage that you can't live without because yeah. it, it, it there is a high frequency of that stuff being stolen, either the luggage in its entirety or items from the luggage, both by the security personnel and by other thieves. Um, particularly, and this is very, very important, if you're traveling with medication and you need to take it on a daily basis, put that in your checked bag. Or, I'm sorry, put that in your carry-on bag, yeah. not in your checked bag. Uh, put it in your pocket. Carry it in your in your clothing with you. Do not part from that. Um, more than once I have traveled, and this is innocuous, not criminal, more than once the airline has lost my luggage for a temporary period of a couple of days and had to find me later and return my luggage to me. Um, just be prepared to be without your check bag for a couple of days if necessary. And of course, like when you're talking about like medication, that's of course physical security there as well. So yeah. No. Very much so. Very much so. Good and in terms advice. of the luggage, um, I also take photos of my luggage with my phone so that if it ever is lost, I can share it with the airline and they can find it subsequently. Also, what we've done is uh, we brought standard luggage, not anything fancy, not anything uh, uh, um, that stands out. It's the same cheap crap that you can get at Walmart or any other big box store. But what Robin did is she did some artwork with spray paint on our luggage. We never have a problem identifying our luggage on the carousel. We never have a problem describing our luggage to the airlines when it does get lost because ours is the only one with spray paint art on it. 
Now, if everyone were to follow this practice, it might become harder, but there are different ways. Some people tie colored cord to the handle of their luggage or put a flag or a ribbon on it. Um, some way that visually it's instantly uh, recognizable to them. And that's a very useful tool as well. Yeah. Um, what else are we missing? Other suggestions. Um, now, uh, I, I have not traveled with children. We don't have Matt and Joey with us. Uh, <laughs> you, you just recently got a child. Uh, do you know, ha, has anyone told you some travel advice for traveling with your kid? Do don't you get them tattooed with your phone number on it or something <laughs> like that? Do you, do you put a tracking chip in them? Like, you know, what are oh. those little, the air tags, you put an air tag and you make your kid swallow it or something like that? <laughs> I would not. Let you wouldn't do that. Swallow. You wouldn't recommend no, that. It. But okay. but putting it on my kit, I, I I this is actually maybe not a bad idea. You know, the AirTag. It's low energy Bluetooth. I think that should be a cool idea. No, absolutely. A bracelet um, or a necklace or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, cool idea. No, I like it. Super glue um, one to the sole of their foot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, that way it lasts for the duration of the trip. And, you know, what criminal is going to look at the bottom of their foot is usually there's a sock or a shoe on there. <laughs> and and like, but then they can't run this fast, you know, is that a good or a bad thing? You know, I, I was going to say, you want your faster. kid to run away? I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> these are the trade-offs. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, I think from that regard, um, yeah, no, for traveling keep copies of everything i think is a good idea good advice from your side um in regards to physical copies mine would be digital copies look out for what you what you I would put take, into stuff now this is very serious and and uh, and i really regret that i have to say this um i would also take physical printed copies of your kids birth certificate and yeah something that substantiates your custodial control over your kid. And I say this because in recent months, in recent years, very crappy security personnel and airline employees have been, um, they've been getting some really bad information about child trafficking and other ridiculous overblown threats. And they have been accusing quite often custodial parents of, kidnapping the children that are traveling with them they're actual children and while usually this works out because you know you can demonstrate this is your kid it's incredibly inconvenient it's incredibly scary especially when they separate the child from the parent while you're traveling um it's a very traumatic experience I'm not saying that having printed copies of those documents will prevent this from occurring, but it should minimize the intrusion and reduce the opportunity for overzealous morons to interfere with your life. Uh, and hard copy is better than electronic, mainly because you can hand out copies of it and they yeah. can walk away and go do their thing behind their, you know, one-way yeah. glass and they can feel important and whatever. And that way you're not parting with your phone. You're not unlocking exactly. your phone to give it to. So, it's, so multiple copies of these documents <laughs> and um, good substantiation. Uh, have your spouse's contact information available there so they can confirm with your, with your partner. Um, and, and it just, it's awful that I have to say this, but this is one way to reduce some of the nightmare that a vacation can turn into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you're saying like, um, get a printer. I, I, I hear you <laughs> saying over and over again, I should get a printer. Yeah, Rafi, go to the library. You can use their printer for free. <sighs> so, yeah, sure. Maybe if I have I a mean, library card. <laughs> don't, you, don't you have a printer at work? Yeah, sure. Of course. Of course we do. Well, you're but, the boss. You're allowed to print I there. I know. I know. But like, I, if I should I get into the office again just for printing that stuff out? No, but uh, it's it's very good advice. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically, the the other thing, of course. I mean, now I'm getting into sort of like almost silly territory. But don't forget sunscreen. You know. <laughs> physical no, that's physical yep. security. You know, yeah. <laughs> a bug spray, depending when you're going, if you come to New Orleans, definitely have some good, strong spray. Now, that's the sort of thing I hate buying it at the resort that you're traveling to because uh, the prices are always jacked up. But on the other hand, I don't like putting bug spray and sunscreen in my luggage either. If I do, I always double bag it with plastic bags um, simply because that tends to uh uh, leak and explode when you get to altitude in the luggage hold of the aircraft. Um, and it's really gross washing sunscreen out of all your clothes and personal belongings. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Oh, if we're already at, at stuff and you bag extra, um, funny advice I got years ago from my grandparents, uh, bring toilet paper. I typically, oh. when I travel, bring a roll of toilet paper because I don't know what sort of stuff they have wherever I am and whatever, like, you know, you're holed up at the airport. And That's a pretty forward thinking right there. Yeah. All right. All right. And also put that, of course, in a plastic bag. That's the reason why I thought about it, because so that it doesn't get like wet. You know, like then it's then it's useless. <laughs> then it's useless. Just just a little bit of dampness. Very good. Um, I, I in my carry on bag. I have a, a single plastic sleeve with a toothbrush with one of those travel caps on it and a little tube of travel toothpaste um, yeah. just to be comfortable if you end up getting delayed somewhere and you're there for multiple hours. It's 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 just it can make a world of difference in how comfortable you are and it doesn't weigh anything in your in your carry on bag. That's fine. Um, you know, and I travel with an extra pair of socks and underwear in my carry-on too. I mean, all just the basic things that that you would need for an extended period of time during a delay. Um, good, very, very good. Um, excellent. All right. Uh, uh, anything else that you can think of off the top of your head? No. Uh, maybe just some some basic travel advice. Um, I'd say, yeah, um, come visit Austria. Um, I mean, you already said Louisiana is a good place to visit. Um, <laughs> I, I heard a lot of people who have been to Austria are very amazed. Like um, you were saying in regards to to like being aware of people stealing stuff or neighborhoods and stuff like that. Austria is not like that at all. Typically, I mean, if you're very safe, it's it's really very safe. Like I, yeah. we had people from all over Europe who come to work for safing. And who are saying like it's so like they like to have salt and pepper out uh, in the front of the of the um, restaurant where you're at, where everybody walking by, not a customer, could pick that up and take it with them. That that's just normal in Austria, and that they stay there for the whole day and stuff like that. At, uh, I don't know anybody who has gotten their wallet stolen while being here or stuff like that. So very safe place to travel to. 
complete only- opposite of Louisiana. Some some kangaroos here, of course, as well. Um, <laughs> now, but I, I will I will add one more thing. Then, if if you're considering international travel, and you're one of my countrymen, it is not untoward or unpatriotic to put a Canadian flag somewhere on your luggage. Um, which is just to say that in some of the places I have traveled. Americans were not looked on with the most benevolent of light. Understandably so, because some of the places I've traveled have been massively interfered with by the American government for the past 150 years. Um, not being known as American, not advertising you're an Americanness, um, is sometimes useful. You know, there's just no need to advertise. Sometimes it's impossible to restrain, but. Uh, other times it's okay to not look like you're from the USA. That that's that's okay. <laughs> also, I don't know for how many countries this this is true as well, but if you're already talking to your countrymen, um, uh, apparently in Austria, like if you go into a McDonald's, and I know this sounds weird, but apparently this has happened. I think two years ago, if you go into any McDonald's in Austria, they and and show your u.s passport uh they will bring you into contact with the u.s embassy in vienna yeah they you mean like if you're having an emergency or something they act as sort yeah. of an outpost for for u.s citizens i have no clue since uh like why this happened but that McDonald's sounds like Austria. that sounds like an urban legend but you know what i'm willing to nope. follow up on that because it sounds awesome i yeah. love the idea of mcdonald's being an international emissary that that's very I don't know if it's funny. international but i know for sure it's in austria and i know people who use that really can you bring one yeah. of them on the show i'd love to i'd love to hear i that. can no yeah absolutely i will okay I will okay, ask okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. yes please yeah <laughs> that's hilarious i love that what if i go into mcdonald's and i say i need to speak to ronald <laughs> I don't know. I don't no, think that, that they, no, Ronald McDonald's is not a thing. Oh. It's typically not a thing in, in Austria. No, no, no. They don't what? know the Hamburglar. They don't know Mac, uh, Ronald. No, not a thing in Austria. No. Are you serious? That's I'm not serious. a thing. No, but our Mac cafes like are very big, good. Creepy clowns messing with their food. Is that, is that what you're saying? No. no. Okay. No. All right. All right. Well, good. Um, I, I just want to tell everybody travel safe, have fun, go out and see the world. Uh, now that COVID is way behind us, uh, go celebrate, go yeah. enjoy your freedoms and, and get beyond your six foot radius. Um, go enjoy uh, what the world has to offer. Life is too short not to make the most of it. So uh, enjoy, but be safe. Anything else, sir? All right. Nope. Until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. Join us again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A 
www.cissp.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel Wannabea CISSP. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.